0: to Totalis Rankium. This week, Maximus Dyer! Hello, and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm up ranking all the emperors
1: from Augustus to Augustus, and this is episode 56. Ooh. It's Maximinus.
0: Dyer. Oh, let's see if he lives up to his name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he, he might well do. We'll find out. Let's talk about his name before we start, shall we? Oh, please. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. He's known as Maximinus II, sometimes, after Thrax uh, being the first. Mm. But he's also known as, and he will be referred to as in this episode, as yep. Maximinus Dyer, but also Maximinus Dazer. Oh. Or Daza maybe? Daza. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it out loud. It's just Daza. Spout D A Z A. That's Daza. Yeah, it's Daza, isn't it? His actual name when emperor was Gaius Galerius Valerius Maximinus.
0: Nice and sim- nice and to the point.
1: I like Galerius Valerius.
0: Get <laughs> yo. Oh, not a rhyming name.
1: Right, and for the life of me, I have I just don't know why it's Dyer or Daza. Oh, you just don't know? No, none of the books I have explain why Dyer or Dazza is there. Research on the internet revealed nothing. I can have a fairly good solid guess. Thrax was called Thrax because he was from Thrace. Dacia? Um, That sort of reason, yes. You're looking at Dacia. That was roughly where he was born. Mm. So,
0: yeah, I'm guessing that must be why it is. Well, let's say it is. We've made it a decision. Yeah. That's why he's... But I don't to want to though. say
1: that's definitely true and for all the listeners to go, that's obviously because he owned a Dalmatian, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's make a start. He was born... Guess what? Don't know. No, we've got a date. What? We've got a date. Aww. He was born on the 20th of November in
0: 270. Let's check the diary. Okay. <laughs> 20th November, I hear you say. Let's have a look, shall we? <gasps> Yes, is two birthday. Oh, there you go. It's in your diary. It is in the diary. Because I care, Rob. I care. You do care. It's anyone's birthday today. Nobody's. Constantius the
1: first birthday tomorrow. It's Constantius's birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Constantius. Happy birthday. Yeah. If you're listening, a few days ago. Yeah. Yes. We're Same. recording on the thirtieth of March.
0: Yes. Yes. Twenty seventeen.
1: Yes. The time is <laughs> five thirty. No, four thirty. No, No, it's
0: 532.
1: I can't read my own watch. (laughs) 532. Right. Now we've got that important business out of the way. Let's carry on. So, he was born, as I said, in 270. This is under Aurelian's rule. Well, that's quite a while
0: ago. No, it's quite recent. Aurelian? It's a long time in episodes, but... Well, a long time in historicals, over 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Yes, that's also (laughs) true. Fair enough. Okay. Sorry, I've been pedantic now. <laughs> Maximinus would
1: have started life on a farm.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Possibly herding cattle, milking cows. <laughs> general farming stuff. I don't really know what you do on a farm. Bale hay. Maybe he baled hay. Toss the log. Really? Sort of private fare, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Probably
0: <he, Yeah. laughs> should mention the Family family podcast.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Right, fortunately for Maximinus, he had a mother... Oh. The reason why this is fortunate is because his mother had a brother. <laughs> an uncle, you could say. Yeah, yeah. Yes. This uncle was Galerius.
0: Oh he was an emperor. He
1: was. Well, at the time he was a soldier in the army who was making a name for himself. Oh, name okay. being Galerius the Angry One. Yes. With the, the weird eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so when Maximinus was fourteen, Diocles usurped the throne and his uncle started to move in powerful circles, Ooh. figuratively speaking.
0: <laughs> They're spinning
1: around on the spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's uncle doing? <laughs> Leave him alone, he needs his time. So Maximinus, probably at this point, decided to join his uncle in the army. When in 293 Galerius was promoted to Caesar, we can only assume that Maximinus, 23 at this point, was steadily raising through the ranks. Of course he was. Of course. Yeah. He's got It's got that family name.
0: Yeah.
1: It was a short while after this that he was the military tribune to his uncle, helping his uncle out with the day-to-day administrative duties of ruling the empire. Oh, paperwork. Paperwork. Um. Paperwork to Galerius probably meant writing down different ways to kill Christians. (laughs) Yes, it probably is. Lots of diagrams. (laughs) Yes, maybe.
0: (laughs) I'm picturing, like, Ikea. instructions (laughs) instructions insert nail into slot b it's that really chunky man in the picture
1: so yeah so so dyer's busy writing down his instructions yeah when galerius announced that he was adopting maximinus as his son oh that's nice, nice. yes Probably as a way to secure Galerius's ambitions to fill the Tetrarchy with his own men.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. He's into that, wasn't
1: he? He was into that. Diocletian fell ill, if you remember. Yes he did. Yeah. yeah. He recovered. He retired. But not before allowing Galerius to choose the next Caesars. Everyone was ready, of course, for Maxentius and Constantine, which we have covered extensively. Yeah. But instead, as we know, Severus and Maximinus Tyre was chosen instead. Yeah. So the shock and horror. Shock and horror. So there we go. He is now Caesar. Now, we've covered this ground a lot, haven't we? Yes. It's so overlapping at the moment. But we haven't really heard much about Maximinus, have we?
0: No, no. He's definitely the least known. He's like, yeah. He's he's kind of like a where did he come from kind of thing. Hmm. In, like, a football match, when someone tackles from the, the side. Yeah. And you go, oh, where did he come from? Do you get wings? What? We're not talking about chickens, Rob.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he does have a story. We're <laughs> going back to Maximilian. Yeah. He does have a story of his own. Okay. So let, let's find out once he's Caesar. He was given responsibility of the East, which is perhaps why we hear less of him. He's quite out of the way. Ah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. this is the Diocles of the orians Is that where the word orient comes from? Yes, it is. It just means east. The orient. Ah. East. It's the Eastern Diocese. Dio? Maybe that's where his name comes from. Dio as in Diocletian. Oh, yeah. oh, damn it. You were on a roll there. <laughs> All things must come to an end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As if swiftly do.
1: Yes. This diocese included the provinces of Syria and Egypt. It was a very, very wealthy and large, the largest yeah. diocese in the empire. What, a cotton? I say it's the largest diocese in the empire with confidence there, you
0: noticed. I
1: don't actually know
0: that for certain, but I'm fairly sure it is. Yeah, well, it's got you got cotton, you've got gold, you've got mines, you've got the breadbasket, Egypt, a lot of food, remember? Yeah. So it makes sense why it would be.
1: Yeah, and yes. It Syria does.
0: has I'm assuming they have lizards. So Maximinus
1: goes off to his province and starts ruling. He firmly believed that his uncle's persecutions on the Christians were a great idea. Oh like adopted father like son. Oh, dear. Like father like adopted son even. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He carried out his persecution duties with
0: enthusiasm. That's and never a good relish. Sign. Oh dear. You don't want relish on your enthusiasm toast,
1: do you? You don't. (laughs) It's a bad recipe. At some point, he had a daughter, because this daughter was now betrothed to Galerius's son. Um, Bit weird. Yeah, that's second cousin, isn't it? So his daughter
0: is now betrothed to his adopted brother. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) But they're related anyway, they're blood-related anyway. And they're related
1: anyway, yeah. It's, oh, a, it's, all well, a bit, it's all a bit in the family yeah, yeah. keep in the family yeah mm. news comes through from the west we're going to see this a lot Maximinus sits in the east yeah and uh, just gets lots of messages and reacts to them so this first message Roger's going to be busy today is what I'm trying to say yeah <laughs> news <sandals>. angles <laughs> yes come Roger he gets those double sold running ceremonies. oh yes that's what he's done yeah. <laughs> so news comes through from the west Constantius is dead <gasps> didn't see that one coming no (laughs) poor Constantius it's his birthday tomorrow he dies every week he does (laughs) so depressing it's like Groundhog Day isn't it Constantine has declared himself Augustus yeah so Maximinus in fact I I realise I keep calling him Maximinus and Dyer I should probably settle on one name yeah what are you going for what do you want? Go with Dyer. Dyer. Oh, right. I will call him Dyer from now on. So Dia shrugged. Constantius is dead. So what, he thought. Constantine's declared himself emperor. So what? He could see Constantine was playing the game. He was attempting to get <laughs> into the Tetrarchy. There was space for a Caesar. What concerned him more was his colleague Severus. Oh, really? Now, remember, Severus and Dyer have just been promoted together to Caesar. Yeah. Yes. Severus being older and a friend of Galerius, would have been seen as the senior Caesar.
0: Ooh, I see.
1: Also, add on to that the fact that Severus was already in the West, it just made sense that Severus would take the new Augustus position. And he didn't like that, did he? Well, it kind of makes sense. It's unlikely that Dyer would have expected anything else, but he must have noticed that it's his turn next, surely? (laughs) Yeah. Please. I am now obviously the senior Caesar, So I will be Augustus next time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just pin in that and see what happens. I've got my pin. Sure enough, Severus takes the Augustus position. Constantine is told, you can't be Augustus, you've got to be Caesar. Dyer went back to ruling his province. Read Killing Christians. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A while later, he heard that Maxentius had revolted in Rome, and Severus was going to sort it out. Yeah, I remember that. There's nothing to indicate that Dyer was in any way involved at this point. Probably read the dispatch with interest and then went on with his day. No. Yes. Probably put the spatula down, read the note. Oh, interesting. Picked up the whisk. <laughs> Just imagining what his torture section are <laughs> like. oh, oh yeah, it's a trembling Chris <laughs> <laughs> not, not, really
0: not the whisk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the next note, however, changes everything. Oh. Severus has been killed by Maxentius. In yes, Rome. yes, he did. There was now another space in the Tetrarchy, and it was clearly Dyer's turn. <laughs> Dyer rushed out to buy some flattering purple robes. <laughs> I'm speculating there, but I bet he did. As Galerius invaded Italy and was pushed back.
0: Yes, yeah, he was.
1: Maxentius in Rome here then threw his father out of Rome, and Maximian heads off to Galerius. Yeah. Awkwardly. In three. 08. That meeting took place. That takes place every week. (laughs) The one that Diocletian turns up with his wheelbarrow. You see, by now they're not going. Have
0: we been here before? Sure, we've done this. We're feeling a déjà vu.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, as far as we're aware, this meeting was only Diocletian, Maximian, and Galerius. If Dyer thought he was going to get an invite, he was very much mistaken. And this is perhaps the first clue that things are not going to turn out quite how he expects. Oh dear. Dyer would have started to get a little bit nervous at this point, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously his turn. Yeah, it should be. Should be. He's senior Caesar. Yeah. However, Constantine was also Caesar. And he is in the West. And the space is Mm. in the West. So it kind of also makes sense that Constantine's promoted. Oh dear. So his doubts would have started gnawing at him. But Dyer reassured himself. Galerius hates Constantine, so surely his family ties would win him favour Let's face it, there's a very, very good chance he is going to become Augustus. Yeah. He just needs to trust in his uncle. He will be selected. It's going to be fine. Eventually, Dyer receives the news. How's that? Uh, good news! <laughs> <laughs> for somebody! <laughs> but not for you! Well, uh, it's it's Factus time again. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So this is uh, just like last week when Maxentius was listening eagerly to see who was going to be in the Tetrarchy. <laughs> yeah. This time, Dyer, watching the same programme. Or some actors performing the same play. Yeah, 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 yeah. The music's on. Cue music. Galerius was Augustus. Obviously. <gasps> That's it's he's like. He's already true. We already knew that.
0: Galerius! So
1: the Caesar of the West. Is going to be... And Dyer's thinking, this is fine, I don't want to be Caesar, I don't yeah. want this one, it's fine. Constantine!
0: Woo! Yay! Constantine!
1: This is brilliant news for Dyer. Yeah. Constantine has not been promoted. Yeah. It's his chance. Oh, he is going, going to be Augustus. Be mine. Augustus of the West... ...is...
0: Licinius! Who's Licinius?
1: What?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was one of his uncle's childhood friends. Oh, that's not fair. That's not good. Dyer was to remain Caesar in the East, and Dyer was furious, both at his uncle and especially at the new Augustus. It was his turn, Ooh. and he had been passed over. So, this is probably a sign that Galerius didn't actually rate Dio very highly. And only promoted him in the first place as he was a convenient block to Constantine and Maxtentius. Mm. Yeah. Galerius wrote to Dyer several times over the next few weeks. Yeah. Trying to smooth things over with his nephew. I'm sorry. And I'll quote lactentious here. Galerius, by repeated messages, besought Dyer to yield until acquiesce in his arrangement to give place to age and to reverence the grey hairs of Licinius. Dyer became more
0: and more insolent. Dyer's not pleased. No. But you could think, well, he's old, so, you know, close to death. Who, Licinius? Mm. Older, not old. Oh, still got like grey hair, so... Yeah, Dyer's in his 30s at this point. Oh, well, Licinius is, what, 32? 40s. <laughs> okay, ooh.
1: Yeah, it's not that much older. Yeah. yeah. Dyer threw his anger into his work. And sometimes that's a good thing, isn't it? You're angry, or you're upset, or you're depressed, or you throw yourself into your work. Do some with a
0: kind of furious energy.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, his work was torturing Christians. Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> it's like, what should we get now, sire? Get me the egg spoon. <laughs> Not the egg spoon.
1: Yeah,
0: Have mercy sir
1: things got a bit purgy and a bit persecutory and um, oh dear yeah everyone if it moved had to perform a sacrifice to prove their allegiance to Rome and Gaia wow. okay. even babies had to sacrifice apparently uh, what? I'm not sure how these babies perform sacrifices I've just got images of
0: tiny babies like jumping on cows with a knife <laughs> <laughs> why little Timmy you're going to you're going to take down this tiger off you go <laughs>
1: Rumours then start to come through. Suspicious rumours. Rumours that are not pleasing to Dyer's ears. Oh dear. Constantine, who he hates. <laughs> yeah. And Licinius, who he hates. Yeah. Have made a pact to stand together. Ooh. Dyer started to realise that he was being left out in the cold. And it didn't help that at this point, his uncle had started to get horribly, horribly ill. Oh dear. We don't know who approached who, but around this time, Dyer and Maxentius decide to watch each other's backs, Oh ah, well as we mentioned worked. last week. It says something about Dyer's anger and frustration at this point, that he was willing to ally himself with the Usurper against <laughs> the rest of the Tetrarchy. Yeah. Especially considering
0: that Tetrarchy consist- consisted of his uncle. Do you know what this feels like to me, this whole Tetrarchy thing? Yeah. It's the whole uh, Lenin thing, isn't it? Uh, Lenin wanted to make something that was pure, you know, communist state that worked. Okay. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. But then, when he got ill and couldn't do that anymore, people took over and they twisted into it into their own gains, and they just couldn't handle it. So a Diocletian wanted this, you know, he did it. He oh, okay, i it now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And then other people took it over, and then just they're they're fighting for power now. Possibly the
1: first time the Tetrarchy has been compared to communist Russia. But, I heard it here first. But I like it. It yeah. does actually make sense. There you go. Yeah. See? Good intentions.
0: Yeah.
1: Poor execution. Bad choice of words there. Yeah.
0: Poor Christians, even.
1: <laughs> yeah. The whole timeline with Dyer gets a bit muddled here. Mm. But what we think happens is around this time, Dyer's confidence is boosted with his... Alliance with Maxentius. Yeah. and he also has a few skirmishes with some Persians. Oh, yes, the Persians are still around, oh, they're still, around. Oh. They're still around but not doing much because this is as far as we can tell small skirmishes But it was enough for him to declare himself in 310 Augustus Okay, and there were no immediate reprisals <laughs> Which must have been really annoying for him so- Damn it! <laughs> That's it! I'm Augustus! I'm declaring myself Augustus! Send messages out to the rest of the Empire! I'm Augustus! And he just sits in his room waiting for the response. Yeah. Oh, what's going to happen? I don't care what they say. They can't take this from me. And just just nothing. Yeah. Just silence.
0: he <laughs> turns up one day.
1: Hello, sir! Uh, any post? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> just, just pop back to pick up my spare sandals. Goodbye. <laughs> Tell you! Yeah, it would be a bit like hmm. trying to celebrate your own birthday party in an empty cave oh. you just feel really like
0: that's you'd be expecting some kind of push against you and nothing yeah. happens it's like we're trying to have an argument with somebody and they're just not biting yeah exactly like, come on come on it's Like, is he really Augustus if
1: the rest of the Tetrarchy haven't even acknowledged the fact that he's declared himself Ooh, Augustus you know, that's
0: really insulting in a it way though, really isn't it? is. it's like you're that little of a threat to us we well, care so little about you say whatever you want it's not possibly this. Now, remember, Galerius at this
1: point is very, very ill. He's in no state to make a response. He's due, too busy yeah. thinking, the worms are eating me alive. Uh, <laughs> Maxentius is too busy fighting Constantine, and Constantine's too busy fighting Maxentius, and Licinius is too busy trying to keep an eye on everything around him. Mm. So, it's understandable no one really pays him much attention. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: So the five men, as I said earlier, this is where they all play a bit of chicken for about a year. They just stare each other out. <laughs> yeah. You've got Constantine and Licinius on one side, Maxentius and Dyer on the other, yeah. and Galerius just kind of there as the head Augustus, but literally being eaten alive by worms.
0: Let's imagine one coming out of his nose. Yeah. sliding through his mouth and chewing it. Yeah, that probably that's, happens. That's how he's eating at this time.
1: This description was brought to you for the benefit of J. Trafford. <laughs> yes!
0: I was just thinking that. Sorry. We're really sorry. But please put a new worm scene in a new book. That'd be great. Oh, put a worm scene in your book. Definitely do that. And,
1: uh, yeah, maybe stop listening to this over lunch. (laughs) Especially when you're having spaghetti, my goodness. (laughs) So you probably know what happens next. The worms win that particular fight and Galerius dies. Yeah. And this is, as I said last week, the catalyst. Licinius... If he had no bad feelings towards Dyer before, certainly now, after hearing what Dyer had been saying about him, hmm. probably hated the guy. Yeah. So, no love lost between Licinius and Dyer. Mm. Licinius is to the west of Galerius's lands here. Yeah. And Dyer is to the east of Galerius's lands.
0: Yeah.
1: Galerius dies, and Licinius and Dyer kind of just look at each other over this huge <laughs> space on a map. Yeah. And they both suddenly realise,
0: the first one there wins. <laughs> so they're both kind of looking out over a hill, they kind of just see each other staring out across the castle. I don't know it'd be a lot further than that, but they can they can. You, you can see each other. Yeah. They both just start edging away from the window, <laughs> hand behind their back, trying to grab a sword without looking at it on a table, and kind of much outside the mouth, "Get the cavalry ready." <laughs> It's hey, but Wayne is smiling. It's, hi! Yeah. hi. hi Killed Hi! Yeah, it's a little bit
1: like that, only on a, a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. Licinius was weaker and poorer, but a lot closer. Dyer, who had the entirety of Egypt and Syria behind him, was easily richer and had more troops, but he was a little bit further away. Hmm. Their goal here was getting to Nicomedia in Asia Minor,
0: modern Turkey. Yeah, yeah.
1: Licinius took the Baltic region and all the way up to the Bosphorus. And at that point, he realised that Dyer had beaten him to it. Oh really? Yes. That's fast. Dyer moved quickly. Dyer got all of Asia Minor, including Nicomedia. Okay. But he did lose some of his land. So you know on a map where Europe ends and Asia begins, yeah. where Istanbul is today yeah that is now the d- dividing line between Licinius's and Dyer's land oh, okay huh. so an uneasy truce starts between them they both get to this point and realizing the only way they can both advance any further is by actually fighting so they just stare each other out this border the Bosphorus would have to do for now now if anyone at this point pointed out that there was a caesar space going i can't find any mention of it okay can't help but feel someone somewhere must have been going there's there's only there's only three at the moment position available anyone i don't I, I, I mind a go have a go i'll do it
0: Drunk tetraki please i'm sick of cleaning cows
1: yeah maxentius is still alive at this point Oh, really? Yeah, so it occurs to mm. me, oh, he could have joined, this was his chance. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it didn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. So, when reaching Nicomedia, Dyer probably found out at this time about his uncle's last edict. If you remember, Galerius, right at the end, in an attempt to get the worms away, <laughs> said that Christianity was now allowed. Yeah, it's all right. Yes.
0: Save me from the worms.
1: And then he died. He did. And then Dyer turns up. And all the people in Nick Media go, Oh, by the way, your uncle said Christians are are allowed... Christian? No? Okay, okay. (laughs) Stop throwing things at me. Dyer not too pleased about this. No. But it is now the law. There is clearly an edict there. And Dyer, he's going to follow the law. He
0: he has to, yeah. yeah. Even Augustus.
1: Yeah, he sits around for about six months, twiddling his thumbs, staring out the window, humming tunelessly to himself... Staring at his unused utensils Yeah And eventually he snaps Yes He wanted to kill Christians Damn it It's all he knew how to do (laughs) It's so much fun So he set up the persecutions again
0: Yay Yay
1: (laughs) Only this time to his credit He obviously realised that this mindless violence Was not actually achieving anything So he starts to attack Christianity in a different way legally yes first of all he starts by reorganizing the one true religion of Rome yeah the one true religion being the many many religions of Rome yes I guess it's more of a pagan I guess yes it is pagan he spent time reorganizing the pagan religion okay yes what he realized is Christianity was very strong because it was so organized they had clear hierarchies you had someone at the top you had people below him mm. and people below them and they had a clear structure.
0: Which I'm guessing they didn't have in...
1: No, you just had lots of different gods floating around and different priests in different roles that kind of overlapped. But there was uh, there was Pontifex Maximus, but there wasn't a really big head honcho of all religion. No, but, uh,
0: yeah, okay. Oh, is, he, is that what he creates?
1: No, not quite, but he does make it a lot more organised. And because it's more organised, it's able to combat Christianity a lot more effectively. So he's strengthening the pagan religion. Yeah. Instead of attacking Christianity. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Give him a little bit of credit for that, maybe. Yeah. However, he wasn't just going to leave Christianity alone. Of right. course not. He also, at this point, uses forgery to discredit Christianity.
0: <sighs> Ooh. Yes. Very
1: clever. I will quote Eusebius here. Having therefore forged acts of Pilate and our saviour, full of every kind of blasphemy against Christ, they sent them with the emperor's approval to the whole of the empire subject to him, with written commands that they should be openly posted to the view of all in every place, both in country and city, and that the schoolmasters should give them to their scholars instead of their customary lessons to be studied and learnt by heart. So this was essentially a, a fake gospel that he created and sent out that subtly that subtly (laughs) discredited jesus it wasn't an open all-out attack it was just i'll just i'll just leave this here on that table and i'll uh, see if anyone reads that yeah uh, go just just walk away (laughs) it was while dyer was merrily doing this that bad news arrives hello sir Good news! For your enemies! <laughs> in 312, his ally in the west, Maxentius, had been defeated by Constantine.
0: Where? Yeah.
1: Dyer was alone. Shortly afterwards, a sharp note was delivered <laughs> from Constantine. <laughs> said essentially this Stop persecuting the Christians! now.
0: <laughs> Stop being a big meanie.
1: Constantine's victory against Maxentius had left him the most powerful of the three. Oh dear. Realising that he had very little choice, and to give himself a little bit of wiggle room, <laughs> Dyer complied. Persecutions came to an end again. It didn't help him that Armenia was revolting at this time, diverting Dyer's attention. We know little about this, but evidently Dyer puts it down. There are also reports of crop failures happening at this time, oh no. and lots of land pirates it's the
0: crisis again
1: (laughs) yeah things just generally start to fall apart in his region Yeah, possibly indicating that he's not really paying attention to ruling Mm -hmm. just to persecuting oh dear so Dyer spends a while dealing with these issues but whilst he's dealing with them he's thinking about the bigger picture
0: yeah
1: bigger picture not being the welfare of the empire of course the bigger picture being how can he be in charge Yeah, yeah this bigger picture changed however when some news came through you ready for this one Diocletian was dead. No! Yes. Yeah, he's been around for ages, hasn't he? And he didn't even die in his own episode. This is the first time he dies.
0: That's really sad. Yeah. So I knew it was coming, but I didn't know when... Oh, no.
1: (laughs) After seeing the empire he had spent his lifetime creating, passing it on to the next generation, only to see it torn apart within four years, it is speculated that Diocletian commits suicide.
0: Yeah. There may
1: have been some other factors. We're going to look at this a little bit more later. You're sad now, aren't you? Yeah. Poor Diocletian. Yeah. Oh, However, yeah. he did outlast Maximius, Galerius, Constantius, Maxentius, Severus. He <laughs> outlasted a lot of them. He, d- he did quite well, yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Retirement's good, isn't it? So there's only three of them left now mm. Constantine, Licinius, and Dyer. That's all we've got.
0: Civil War!
1: <laughs> Constantine was the most powerful as I've just mentioned yeah. uh, but had no border with Dier apart from Libya in Africa but nothing much was going on down there so that didn't really count Licinius was about equal to Dier and they had lots of borders Yeah, and it also didn't help that Licinius and Constantine were still allies at this point Licinius had even married Constantine's sister
0: so that, that alliance had become quite strong this is like extreme third wheel isn't it
1: <laughs> yes it is <laughs> Constantine would not be happy if Dio attacked Licinius. Nope. But there's nothing else he can do. He knows if he does nothing, Licinius and Constantine will invade at some point and take Mm. him on. He can't attack Constantine. He's not powerful enough, and he'd have to go through Licinius. Mm. So the only thing left is to attack Licinius. Now The upside of this, if he does win... He will be just as powerful as Constantine. Because he'd get all money. Yes, exactly. So, it's a gamble, but it's one he realises he's got no choice but to make. So in the winter of 312, 313, Dyer marched across Asia Minor. This is a winter march, outside the fighting season, and it was an attempt to take Licinius by surprise. But it was also due to the news that Constantine was busy fighting Germanic barbarians. So he saw a window of opportunity, yeah. and he went for it. However, this does mean that his troops had to suffer the harsh winter conditions on their march. Oh, yeah, snow. Yes, yeah, no ice. Goats. Yeah, you generally think of very hot in Asia Minor, Turkey, Syria kind of place. Yeah, it gets but quite cold, though. not in winter. Oh, no. it gets very cold over there in winter. Yeah, well, our friend living there says he minus five in December. Yes, exactly. That's, it's <laughs> it's, not, it's not warm in winter, and nope. his soldiers would have found that out. Mm. Yeah die across the Bosphorus with approximately 70,000 men.
0: That's a
1: good amount. Caveat on the amounts, as per usual.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say more than three, less than a million. Okay, yeah. yeah. okay. <laughs> and he took on the city of Byzantium. Byzantium at this time was still pretty much a small town, very easy to take. It had some decent defences because it's not a very good defensible yeah, it's gonna position. It's going to go nowhere, though. But... No, he was. May as well forget about it. Yes, yeah, so ignore that place for now. <clears throat> mm. Licinius hears of this invasion and quickly scrapes together some of his troops and sets off to fight. But Dyer's plan had worked. Licinius was taken unaware because he was only able to get half the number of men than Dyer. Oh. Not good. No. At the end of May, the two sides met. A bit warmer, spring. Yeah, Probably warming so. up a little bit. Dyer clearly had the numbers. But unfortunately, his army were tired, shall we say. A bit (laughs) sleepy after their long march through the winter desert and then taking on a city. Yeah. They weren't in the best condition. Licinius's troops, although half the number, had completely fresh troops. Licinius was able to rout his opponent. Dyer fled the battle, grabbed a slave's cloak, and, desperate, headed back over the Bosphorus. Oh dear. He grabs a horse... (laughs) Any horse, probably. Just one nearby. Yeah. And in record timing, the the sources mention that he did this ridiculously quickly. Possibly faster than Tiberius. Dick Turpin. Yeah, or Vespasian on his Vesper. Oh, on the
0: Vespa. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very quickly, he manages to get to Nicomedia, pick some things up, and then carry on all the way to Tarsus, which is on the edge of the Syrian province. Okay. Yes. I'm ready. So he starts to prepare his defence against the pursuing Licinius. However, there simply was not enough time to coordinate a decent defence. Licinius soon caught him up and sieged the city. Oh dear. And I quote here, Being hard-pressed both by sea and land, he despaired of finding any place for any refuge. And in the anguish and dismay of his mind, he saw death as the only remedy. <gasps> oh, no. Dyer then dies yeah we don't know exactly how there were two theories yes. both forward, okay, yes, not only are there two theories, they are both incredibly biased against him. that's fine, and uh <laughs> they both love to go into detail. We have lactentius's accounts, go on, which, as we know, he does love, oh, yeah, going into detail, especially when there's someone he hates, yeah. but we've also got Eusebius
0: Okay.
1: who is like Lactentius, only even more so, brilliant, yeah. So, speculation time, option one. At this point, he just happened to get ill. All right. This is the one supported by Eusebius, and I quote. For he was smitten by a sudden scourge of God in his whole body, and harassed by terrible pains and torments. He fell prostrate on the ground, wasted by the hunger while all his flesh was dissolved by an invisible and God-sent fire, so that the whole appearance of his frame was changed, and there was left only a kind of image wasted away by the length of time to a skeleton of dry bones, so that those who were present could think of his body as nothing else than the tomb of his soul, which was buried in a body already dead and completely melted away, And as the heat still more violently consumed him, in the depths of his marrow his eyes burst forth, and falling from their sockets left him blind. Thereupon, still breathing and making free confession to the Lord, he invoked death. At last, after acknowledging that he justly suffered these things on account of his violence against Christ, he gave up the
0: ghost. So basically, the ending of Indiana Jones and Holy Grail. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> what I love about this passage is about
1: halfway through, Eusebius clearly gets to the end where he's talking yes. about the wasted away the to bones. a skeleton and the bones. Yeah. And then it just starts up again. Yeah, then it's always popped out. Yeah, <laughs> I've not done enough.
0: I want to make it suffer more. <laughs> so oh, yeah. then he stubbed his toe. <laughs> <and> he <laughs> scraped his left test. No, no. <laughs> too far <laughs> so yeah so that's Eusebius's that's account
1: nice which I, I put I put as he got ill but yeah you could equally say mysterious fires sent from God <laughs> it, he could yeah
0: yeah I always put got ill holy grail <laughs> yes yeah
1: okay as you can see Eusebius a uh, tad bias perhaps
0: yeah you could argue
1: yeah we, we've got a little bit more from him later yay <laughs> <laughs> okay option two he realised that everything was pointless to carry on. <laughs> Why go on anymore? And he swallows some poison. But the poison wasn't very good. Oh. Yeah, but this is Lactantius's account. It's hardly going to be he swallowed poison and drifted <laughs> away peacefully in his sleep.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. You know. go on.
1: So let's find out what happened. First, he gorged himself with food and large draughts of wine as those are wont who believe that they eat and drink for the last time. And so he swallowed Poison. However, the force of the poison repelled by his full stomach could not immediately operate. But it produced a grievous disease, resembling the pestilence. And his life was prolonged only that his suffering might be more severe. (laughs) And now the poison began to rage and to burn up everything within him, so that he was driven to distraction with the intolerable pain. And during a fit of frenzy, which lasted four days, he gathered handfuls of earth and greedily devoured it. Having undergone various and excruciating torments, he dashed his forehead against the wall and his eyes started out of their sockets. And now, become blind, he imagined he saw God, and his servants arrayed in white robes sitting in judgment on him. He roared out as men on the rack are wont, and exclaimed that not he but others were guilty. In the end, as if he had been raked into confession, he acknowledged his own guilt, and lamentably implored Christ to have mercy upon him. Then, amidst groans, like those of one burnt alive, did he breathe out his guilty soul in the most horrible kind of death.
0: They love these eyes popping out, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, both Gosh. of them go for the eyes popping out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> a, a lot of pain. That's a lot of misery, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, I, I also
0: like the uh, devouring the earth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, um, I, I prefer number one. I love the fact he melts, he turns <laughs> yeah. into skeleton, then carries on.
1: Yeah. The,
0: his skeleton both... being a tomb for his soul yeah. is quite nice. It's poetic. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're both ludicrous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But somewhat wishful thinking, you think? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, him deciding to kill himself seems a little bit more likely than him suddenly true. dropping down dead of an illness yes, at this stage. that's true. So I'm gonna go with Latentius here rather than Eusebius myself. I will concede to that. Okay. So there you go. That's uh, dire. Yeah. What a dire way to die. Yeah. Yay. Oh God. Yeah. Sorry. We we had to get one dire joke in there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. That was actually quite funny.
0: <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to realise.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So, any thoughts before we we review him?
0: Um. Angry, sulky man. Took after his uncle, really, didn't he? Almost identically. Yeah. Let's do this. Fightius Maximus. Maximus.
1: Okay, let's have a look in a bit more detail. This battle against Lactentius. Yeah. No, he didn't fight the source. <laughs> it was Licinius, wasn't it? <laughs> Although, considering what Lactentius has been saying about about him, Wouldn't I probably me. would want to fight him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The battle against Licinius, I should say. But, warning before we start, a lot of this does come from Lactantius.
0: <laughs>
1: so obviously you've, you've got that bias there. Lactentius also claims that he was woken up by some angels on the night before the battle just to give him some advice. So, not sure what advice exactly, maybe battle strategy?
0: Wear a coat, it's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they're like backseat <laughs> drivers? Oh yeah, yeah put your armory. no, not over there, not over there, no, turn right. there. now, 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 oh, no, no, you, you missed it now. You don't want to put them on your wing, what, you don't, no,
1: no, you need to, oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> Lysinius just getting really, really annoyed as he's yeah. trying to draw up his battle plans and his angels just pestering him. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as we can see, Lactentius gets a bit fanciful at times. It, it's clearly very biased, but sifting through all the religious symbolism of this source, we, and if we can rely on it at all, it kind of goes a bit like this. Yeah. Did I realise he had to fight, or the other two would overwhelm him? Yeah. He had taken Byzantium, and he was ready to fight Licinius, who had far fewer forces. Or, as Eusebius puts it, Becoming mad in his folly, he broke the treaties which he had made with Licinius and undertook the implacable war. Ooh. So on one side, fairly sensible, he kind of had to fight. Yeah. Or becoming mad in his folly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> y- you can, I personally can yeah. see why he's doing this. He's got no it- choice, really.
0: Yeah, you either attack or defend. Yeah, so and he's, he's can't decided really to attack. Defend. Yeah, against yeah. two people.
1: So Dyer was hopeful. He was in the stronger position, according to sir, He was supported by demons.
0: Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> An army from hell. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. a bit like three
0: hundred maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> with guys with swords for hands.
1: Again, according to the sources, he made a vow to Jupiter that if he won the battle, he would wipe Christianity from the face of the earth. I'm sure he did. Which, to be fair, I can actually imagine. (laughs) Because he really has been trying to do this for the last few years. Possibly. he's just slackened a bit, though. Dyer was in a rush. Because he wanted to start the battle on the day before his anniversary of his elevation to Caesar. Okay. He wanted to party on his anniversary, so we wanted to get the battle out of the way. And you can't fight song over. You can't. Well, you can, but not for long. <laughs> yeah. So, perhaps he rushed this a little bit. Maybe he should have planned a bit better. Possibly. The two sides lined up on a very bare field facing each other. So just basic two battle lines. According to Lactentius, the soldiers of Licinius then removed their helmets, placed their shields down on the floor, and recited a prayer three times. Dyer's men stood and watched. Perhaps should have attacked then. P- perhaps, yeah. <laughs> go
0: now, go now!
1: Dyer and Licinius then meet in the middle. Not their troops, the two them. No, literally yeah. a, a parley. <laughs> Lactentius reports that Licinius was hoping for a peaceful resolution, but Dyer held Licinius and his army in contempt and refused to deal with the other emperor. Ooh. And I'll just quote what happens. So the two armies drew nigh. The trumpets gave the signal. The military
0: ensigns
1: (laughs) advanced. The troops of Licinius charged, but the enemies, panic-struck, could neither draw their swords, nor yet throw their javelins. Dyer went about, and alternately by entreaties and promises attempted to seduce the soldiers of Licinius, but he was not hearkened to by in any quarter, and they drove him back. Then the troops of Dyer were slaughtered, none making any resistance. Such numerous legions, the forces so mighty, were mowed down by an inferior enemy. So, mm. you get the feeling this might be slightly biased, because according <laughs> to Lactentius, Dyer's army literally stood there and got slaughtered, offering no resistance, whilst Dyer went around trying to, to scheme and plot against mm. Licinius's army no. to get them to turn. No. I mean, it just in no way sounds realistic.
0: <laughs> what so they failed to draw their swords? Yeah. <laughs> in the five minutes it took the army to run across the field and yeah, no,
1: apparently rough. they're they're just too awestruck by
0: the the sheer righteousness of their enemy. they oh, for goodness' possibly sake! Possibly fight them. Blinded by the light of God Himself.
1: Yeah. So a think...
0: Christian God Himself. <laughs> yes. Let's yeah. make that clear.
1: Yeah. So I think we can um, discount lactentuses. I think so. Yeah, I get the feeling they probably did fight. Probably
0: not very well because they're tired. Yeah,
1: well that's it. Frostbit we don't. toes. Unfortunately, we don't know any more detail than that, so we can only assume mm. that that march across Turkey in winter really wore them mm. out. Also, Dyer is the less experienced of yeah. the two here. He hasn't really done any fighting, so yes, he's got the numbers, but he's not got the experience, and no. he's got tired men. Mm. So. Let's let's think about what he should get then. So, good. He seems to have fought some skirmishes against the Persians at some point, probably around the time he was declared Augustus. And yes. And he would have won this.
0: Because he's still alive, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bad. He lost his only real battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if the sources can be believed at all, he lost a battle that he really should have won because he had double the numbers. But then do we believe he had double the numbers
0: Uh, it it just throws everything into question doesn't it that account of what happened. so again it makes it seem makes the force seem bigger doesn't it exactly probably a slightly bigger army I can imagine that but not
1: yeah so um,
0: it's not great is it it's not wonderful I can't give him more than two I feel bad giving him that to be honest
1: I'll give him one for winning some skirmishes and I'll give him one for turning up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he was there at he least He was there in a
0: battle I'll give him a point That's a total of four then Fair enough Approbium Approbium See I'm quite looking forward to this, this this category
1: Well this one's a little bit longer Yes <laughs> As with the last few We've got some very biased opinions Of course we have Yes And it's mainly from Lactantius, But also Eusebius as well mm. There's a very good chance All of this is made up But there is some things That do seem to be supported From other sources Okay so before I start I get the general idea that the gist of this might be true
0: yes. the details
1: might be made up yeah yeah let's go into the details right. though because they're quite fun
0: <laughs>
1: there's one thing in particular that like La- that Lactentius singles out when criticizing Dyer, and I will quote but that which distinguished his character and in which he transcended all former emperors was his desire of debauching women <laughs> What else can I call it but a blind and headstrong passion? The magnitude of guilt overpowers my tongue, and makes it unequal to its offence. Latentius says he can't possibly even talk about how horrible it is, <sighs> before going on to talk about how horrible it is Excellent. in quite a lot of detail.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, according to Latentius, Dyer ordered all the most attractive
0: people in his provinces be taken from their families and sent to him. See, do you think he? personally went to see who the the hottest people were. Ah, don't worry. Because everyone's got their own, like, subjective year. This is covered, don't worry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Alright.
1: Intentious leaves no stone unturned. (laughs) Realising he obviously couldn't go out and search every home himself for these people he fancied. (laughs) Yeah. He did the following, and again I quote, Eunuchs and pandas made search everywhere. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think... (laughs) I think they were let... Okay, image of a eunuch <laughs> walking through the street holding a big stick of bamboo <laughs> a few giant pandas lumbering behind, chasing after it knock on the door of a house this housewife opens the door, just sees a panda staring at her the panda says, about five inches, staring eyes locked. The eunuch's head just peers around the back of the yeah. panda How
1: attractive is your daughter, madam? <laughs> yeah Pandas, I should probably mention, spout P A N D E R. not panda. Not panda, but pandas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as I read that, I also had that image. <laughs> of a group of pandas just <laughs> sloping around the city looking for attractive people. <laughs>
0: Climbing buildings, just chewing a bundle under
1: their arm and walking off with them.
0: <laughs> In a really gentle, cute way. Yeah. what <laughs> oh, it really is.
1: I know pandas back then. They were a lot more vicious. Were they? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, it's before they discovered the bamboo and the calming properties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they they just ate. Effects. Yeah, they just ate red meat back then. <laughs> 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 they got quite angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I should get back to the quote. And no sooner was a comely face discovered that husbands and parents were obliged to withdraw. Matrons of quality and virgins were stripped of their robes and all their limbs were inspected. I'm still picturing pandas doing this. (laughs) Lest any part should be unworthy of the bed of the emperor. Apparently if the women refused, death by drowning was inflicted on her as if under the reign of this adulterer, chastity had become treason. (laughs) You're still thinking of pandas, aren't you? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Apparently many women killed themselves rather than be taken by Dyer's men, and many husbands killed themselves due to the shame. Mm. Also, according to Actentious, again, once Galerius was dead, Dyer wasted no time in making his moves on Galerius's widow. Really? Yes. Now, you've probably forgotten, because I only mentioned it briefly, mm. but Galerius's widow is Valeria. Valeria is Diocletian's daughter. Yeah. So this is the daughter of Diocletian.
0: Ooh, that's a powerful...
1: Diocletian's still alive at this point. Mm -hmm. Galerius has just died. Dyer is putting the moves on. (laughs) Hey, baby. (laughs) Put a bit of Barry White on. Smooth down his mustache.
0: My (laughs) everything. Yeah.
1: Yes. Valeria, not too impressed by this. Not a Bowie White White woman. She's not too keen. More from Louis Armstrong. Yeah, that's what she wanted. And refuses, pointing out four things. (laughs) Nice list of things, why you're horrible. (laughs) One, she was too soon widowed. She couldn't possibly go with Dyer. He's still lying on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, the worms aren't
0: even dead yet.
1: (laughs) They're having a field day look.
0: They're they're only in half his face. Come on. (laughs) Number two.
1: Dyer was married. Yeah. It's a fairly big one. Your your wife's standing next to you, Dyer. (laughs) Not sure why we're all standing over my husband's corpse. (laughs) (laughs) But we are. And you're putting the moves on. Yeah, please take the panda out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. It was unseemly for a woman of her position to remarry. She was expected to remain a, a widow... Sophisticated widow for the rest of her days. Dignity. Dignity, Dignity. that's the word I'm looking for. Yes. And finally, her point number four. Ew. (laughs) You have a weird face. (laughs) A weird face. And you're my husband's adopted son. And you're (laughs) actually related to him. Uh, Ew, no. No. Get away from me. I'm going to do it. Dyer was not happy. (laughs) And I quote, This bold answer... (laughs) (laughs)
0: On many levels That being point
1: four there (laughs) This bold answer having been reported to Dyer Changed his desires into rage and furious resentment He pronounced sentence of forfeiture against the princess Seized her goods, removed her attendants Tortured her eunuchs to death (gasps) Poor eunuchs And banished her and her mother Prisca Her mother obviously being Diocletian's. Yeah, you see. Yeah. Diocletian's not too happy about this. No. No. We'll come back to that. Because the story doesn't end there, however. Latentius then reports that Dyer hears that several of Valeria's friends were behind Valeria's refusal, whispering in her ear, saying you don't want to be with him. He's got his uncle's weird eyes. <laughs> <laughs> These friends were wives of several high-up men in the city, including some senators. Dyer had them arrested. Oh. He put on a tribunal, and found a witness to testify against them on trumped-up charges. And we see a lovely bit of Latentius's racism again here. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Until a certain Jew, one charged with other offences, apart from being a Jew, <laughs> I can only assume, <laughs> yeah, yeah. was induced through the hope of pardon to give false evidence against the if innocents.
0: They're so untrustworthy, aren't
1: they? Yeah, they That's are. That's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I do oh, Lactentious is. He's a difficult read. Yeah, I can imagine It's just littered with stuff like this that makes yeah. you go, Ah, oh, lactentious <laughs> No. But then you read Eusebius and you realise that actually latentius is pretty moderate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no invisible fires being sent all, That's all over true. the place, yeah. which is quite useful. Anyway, right, moving away from the sources. The okay. magistrate at the time was doubtful of the testimony, so ordered this witness out of the city. However, certain men caught up with him and persuaded him to testify again. (laughs) Yes. Let's do this again. So you give me the right answer. (laughs) Latentious reports that blows from the same men prevented the women from speaking in their own defence. Zodaya hires people to beat the women up so they can't speak. No. Yeah. That's horrible. That's, That's not nice, is it? In this kangaroo court, the women are condemned to death. The crowd watching... Not too happy about this. No, they won't be. They realise that this is ridiculous yeah. and were outraged. So soldiers and archers were drafted in to lead the women from the court to their place of execution.
0: Soldiers and archers.
1: Yeah, uh, I suppose archers are soldiers, aren't they?
0: Yeah, Yeah, but long distance. Long distance soldiers. So, you know, they supposed to run. Run away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Either way, the, the women died. The women were yeah. executed. But this Jewish witness, who... Finally, did his bit as he was ordered to do. Mm. He was dragged out as well and fixed to a gibbet. And I quote: "Then he disclosed the whole secret contrivance, and with his last breath, he protested to all the beholders that the women died innocent." By this time, Diocletian had heard the treatment of his daughter and Mm. sent word to Dyer to send his daughter back to him. Dyer refuses. Does Diocletian? Well, there's nothing Diocletian can do. I mean, he could try and raise an army of cabbage patch children. <laughs> but, Dieter's got an actual army. Diocletian is powerless.
0: I don't know, I bet if he wanted to, he could have done. He's got the respect and the. He had the respect, but most of the people who respected him are now dead. I make a
1: point, yeah. He can't. Turn to Galerius and say, sort your nephew out. Galerius is dead. You can't turn to his good friend Maximian and say, support me with your armies. Maximian's dead. Good.
0: Yeah, okay. Maximian's
1: son is dead.
0: Fair enough.
1: The only person alive is Constantine, who has never had a reason to get on with Diocletian, and Licinius, mm. who's... Actually, to be fair, Licinius hates Dias. So maybe Licinius would have helped. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it gets complex, doesn't it? It does, the, yeah. It was, yeah, the different sort of see these
0: hypotheticals.
1: The tetrarchy period would just make an amazing HBO miniseries. Oh, oh yeah, with the all the cuts different you could do. Yeah, it would be amazing. It really would. Anyway, point is, Diocletian's a bit bombed. Yeah. Yes, but my description there maybe not good enough. So let's <laughs> quote. Thus, Diocletian lived to see a disgrace which no former emperor had ever seen tossing to and fro with his soul agitated by grief he could neither eat nor take rest he sighed, groaned and wept often and he incessantly threw himself into various postures <laughs> <The> dance <laughs> dance kind of moves yeah, or, or just yoga positions, downward or facing like dog oh yeah, Or I, that's the only one I know,
0: the grasshopper the grasshopper, yeah <laughs> well, when when's it stop being yoga and being the Kama Sutra? <laughs> that's what I was wanting to know
1: uh, I'm not sure. Uh, as soon as it becomes a group activity?
0: when <laughs> yeah. there's more than one person. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe. <laughs> Going back, he threw
1: himself into various postures, now on his couch, and now on the ground. So he who was for 20 years the most prosperous of emperors, having been cast down into the obscurity of a private station, treated in the most insolent manner, and, compelled to a life, became incapable of receiving nourishment, and worn out with anguish of mind expired.
0: That's really depressing. It is really depressing, isn't it? So you just ended in a really sad way after everything you'd done and the, the glory and the glamour and suddenly...
1: He, 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 from the crisis, built the empire into something that worked. Yeah. And said, I pass this on to you, the future. And then within a couple of years, it's like everything is burning. Yeah. yeah. And someone's got my daughter. Can I have my daughter? No, I can't have my daughter.
0: Uh. You know, I... Oh. All I've got left is yoga. And my cabbages are... Oh, no, oh my... they're dead! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it was vegetable patch dry season. I oh, no. through a dry spell. That's probably what it was. Oh. Didn't care about the empire. There was just
1: a, a bad case of... Cabbage fever. Cabbage fever, <laughs> yes. Get hot cabbages, they melt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cabbages all died. Mm. So he went with them.
0: That's oh. really sad.
1: <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> So, we get all this from Lactentius. Remember, yeah. we're, we're talking about Diane or Diocletian. So we get this from Lactentius, but let's not think that he was the only one who hated the emperor. Of course, we have Eusebius as well, who also had a lot to say about him. In fact, he starts by saying, Why need we relate the licentious, shameless deeds of this man or enumerate the multitude with whom he committed adultery? Before going on to list all of these Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> And he went to such an excess of folly and drunkenness that his mind was deranged and crazed. Ooh. And let's not forget the persecutions.
0: This is what I'm looking I'm not looking forward to persecutions, but I'm...
1: Well, I want to hear more. Oh, on. you might be a bit disappointed. I decided not to go into too much detail here because we have already discussed no, the persecutions a that's bit. True. But everything we levelled at Galerius has to be levelled at Dire as well. Yeah, I guess, yeah. In fact, if not more so, Eusebius claims he persecuted us more violently and incessantly than his predecessors. Really? You get the impression Diocletian mm. wanted to sort this out. Yes. And he had his underling who was really <laughs> vehement. And, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to kill the Christians. And then underneath him he had someone who was even more extreme. <laughs> and that was dire. Yeah. Eusebius goes on to say how Christians at the time were removed from all forms of formal life, and I quote and to all jugglers, as if they were pious and beloved by the gods, he granted governments and the greatest privileges
0: So things were given to clowns when good people were taken well, out.
1: I'm guessing yeah to all jugglers jugglers is being used as a as hyperbole to say yeah. that people who didn't. Warrant such things. I'm hoping it's literal and it is just jugglers. Brilliant. That he just loved jugglers. That'd be great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Red nose. (laughs) Wow. Has he passed an edicts? No, he's he's juggling (laughs) great. go. What's he juggling? The heart of Christians. (laughs)
1: Oh. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean maybe it's a bit unfair not going into the details to remind you how awful these persecutions were. But I've if you just bit. we have heard it, we know how awful they got. Yeah. And Dyer was just as bad as Galerius, if not worse. Nice. So, that's a bit of an overview, so let's do a quick recap because on the good saying here. Good. The sources are insanely biased here. Yeah. In fact, when Lactentius reports Diocletian's death, the very next sentence is of the adversaries of God, there still remained one, whose overthrow and end I am now about to relate. I mean, he clearly relishes talking about oh, yeah. the death of these people. He loves and
0: it. I don't put it past him embellishing a point or two. Well, of course, because he wants to sell things. It's like, it's like a typical newspaper now, tabloids now. Yeah. It's trying to just get people to read and just... Yes, exactly. uh, how ridiculous it'll be. So, only thing I can say
1: going for him, really, is that he might have been dealt a slightly unfair hand on the sources. However, against that, it is historical fact that he definitely was doing these persecutions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're almost certain Diocletian's daughter was mistreated by him in some way. So we know that the general overview of what happened it's true whether the details are true or not yeah
0: cause it's the severity of it isn't it, I guess yeah because it makes a good story I want to give him the, the marks for that I'll be honest uh, yeah I, I think it's the it, highest we've seen we've always one. done that we yeah. have done that we've always gone for the, the interesting story because how remembered by history so yeah I'll give him a good solid 8 I think
1: well I don't think I'll go quite that high I think I'm going to go for 7 but it's still a worthy score for being a crazy person. In fact, it's a total of 15.
0: Mm. Well done there. Okay, next round. Successes Ultimus! I'm not giving a big section of successes on my pad because I don't think there'll be much. Oh, well, there's not. Oh. There's
1: really not. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, let's do it. Good. Well, what did he do, really?
0: He reformed Rome's uh, religion.
1: That's a good point, which I forgot about. Yes. He did some reorganising yeah. in the pagan religion. He structurised it. That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> or restructured, as <laughs> normal people say. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he spent all his years in power trying, trying to get more power, sulking and being angry, and yeah. killing people based purely on their religion. I mean, and focus.
0: He it's, wasn't focused for but, the but Yeah,
1: there's no focus. There's, it's just not good, is it? It's really bad. And... He died achieving nothing. Yes, he mm. made it into the Tetrarchy, but he I didn't barely. achieve what he wanted to. He wanted to be Augustus. and Yes, technically he was Augustus for a little while because he said so, but no one cared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how little of an impact he had. Yes, yes. You, you he's, get, he's, he's the one that you could imagine the other emperors just giving him Play-Doh to play with while the rest sorted out the rest <laughs> of the empire. Yeah, he is, honestly, I think, including Maxentius,
1: the, the least impressive of the Tetrarchic emperors so far
0: I agree I'm going to give him one yeah I'm going to give him one because
1: in fact why am I even giving him one I'm giving him one because I'm giving him
0: because he reorganised the religions so yeah it. okay I'll give him one hope for that okay,
1: fair yeah. enough that is a two for success as Face.
0: Yeah. I do know what he looks like yes you do because I accidentally put a picture of him up when it was meant to be somewhat severus I think or Glarus is something. Glarus. Yes, you see, you know, you know, he's got the crazy, crazy eyes. Really crazy eyes, really stylized <laughs> and mental looking. Yeah. Yes. It's its like his uncle, only more so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really short cropped hair, short cropped beard, and just insane eyes. Yeah. Look at the frown and the... St-
0: oh, don't zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a beard, though. Yeah, he's, he's frowning... 80s beard. That's an 80s guy, isn't it? His frown rivals Caracalla's. Yeah. He's a scary-looking emperor. He is a scary-looking emperor. With his 80s sort of stubble.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm quite impressed. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> it's one you're going to
0: remember for a
1: while, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's very memorable. Um, I'm, I'll only give him like an 8 again for how he looks. Yeah, I'm go, I'm go, I agree. I'm going to go for 8. 4, that's nice and easy. Temple yeah. completed. But here's a question. Are we doing this from when he became Caesar or when he declared he was M- Augustus?
1: Well, we've done the others from Caesar, yeah, so we're going to do him from Fair Caesar enough. as well, which is good for him, otherwise it would have been <laughs> quite pathetic. So how long do you think that lasted? Uh, five years. Not too far off. Eight years in total. Mm. That is from 205 to 313. That translates to a nice round score of one. Oh, for image Facius. Cool. Yeah. That's good. That makes sense, actually. Yes, it does. I still can't get over the fact that, that convoluted equation we did just equated to divide by eight.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, eh? <laughs> right, okay. So, his total score. Before mm. I say so, just out of the Tetrarchic Emperors, mm. how do you think he's he's ranked against them?
0: I think he's got a quite... A crazy, I think he's going to do quite well. well it's not... I think second or third...
1: Um, no, 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 not at really? all. Well,
0: obviously not including Diocletian.
1: Diocletian, Maximian, Galerius, and Constantius all beat him. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> but he does manage to beat Severus. <laughs> well, obviously. Um, I and, could beat Severus. <laughs> <laughs> and Maxentius, because he gets a score, a nice round score, of 26. Well, that's nice. They often get a round one, do That's yeah, our first one, in fact. Oh, wow. Yes. He's doing well. Well, you, you've got to You got to rule for either eight or sixteen or twenty-four years to get a nice round Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So our last point of order. Mm. Has he got it?
0: Do they have Do they a certain Caesar?
1: There's more to discuss than yes, Severus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Quintilus. um
1: But I, I
0: think it was more debatable on Maxentius, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, he's got he's got the the. We could say he was just vastly vicious to the the Christians, and yeah. he he tries to rebuild up the the Roman religion, the pagans, I guess.
1: The thing is, though, he's Galerius light. Mm. Apart from persecution, where he maybe he was Galerius, Max. <laughs> 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 he's he's got all the negative qualities of which there were many
0: of Galerius, without mm. any of the interesting things. Why That's would you talk about true. him when you can talk about Hilarious? The only reason you want to talk about him is just to show his statue, his bust. He has got a good bust. Yeah.
1: But he's got highly in that one area. That's I, true. I'm going to I'm gonna say a no.
0: Yeah, I'll, yeah, it's obviously a no.
1: Yeah, that is a nice
0: no. Nice talk then. That's three in a row now. So a no. Not doing well.
1: But the original Tetrax did all right. But these are... His followers not so good are they
0: no not really,
1: really. so no Caesar are uh, no. this week next week we go to his rival Licinius, Ooh. before rounding off our tetrarchic war thing thing <laughs> um it's not a series session session um group period of time yes, <laughs> yes that's go. what it is yes with constantine at the end yes he does seem to be the winner out of all of them. Too. Oh yes, he certainly will. It is a bit weird that we've been talking about them for nine episodes now yeah. before we actually get to him. Mm.
0: Yes. But it's nice though, because Max Minnis, we've heard the least about him, and I sent just, I know a bit about him now, his episodes. so that'll be nice. yeah. good to find out more. We will
1: find out more next week. Right. But before then, we need a huge thank you to Laura B. Clark, Eye of the Badger. Oh, good, good name. name. Al J. Trafford, oh, one of you. our oldest. Oh, again, we're saying this.
0: One of our. Lengthiest. Lengthiest. Someone who has supported us for a long time and who is um, uh, who is a, a fantastic writer and author. She's written books about the year of the four emperors. Yes, they're really good. Um, I've read the first two. Very good.
1: Yeah, um, they are good. Very, yeah. very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. They they really pull you into the year. Yeah. Yeah. If you like that period of Rome, you'll love these books. Yeah. So go, go, go buy them. And also, finally, Joseph Maltby. Joseph Maltby? Maltby? Joseph Maltby. Joseph Maltby. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much for Good those name. four for joining our senate and supporting us. We hugely appreciate it.
0: Because you're part of this podcast, you're going to help fund our new recording equipment soon, so it sounds better.
1: Yes, sounds better. We're just going to put a muzzle on History Dog. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook. We're also roaming around on Twitter. <laughs> roaming, roaming. Hey. Oh, oh, you know what? I was um. For some weird reason, I was looking back on our
1: um, text messages when we first started oh, yeah. almost a year ago. Roaming Around was oh. one of your suggestions for the name of this podcast. Really? Yeah, it was. Roaming Around. Yeah, we discounted that one.
0: Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yeah, you can also download us on iTunes. We're also available on Podbean. Uh, we apologise for the technical glitch with Podbean at the moment that seems to be Forcibly downloading things on onto your phones and tablets, so we apologise for that. Yeah, even though it's not our fault. But, no, it's not yeah, our fault. It but, not.
1: Yeah, it's a good excuse to re-listen to them, isn't that's, it? That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it also made our um, download rating spike. So thank you. For that. Oh yeah, we've had a very good week. Two and a half thousand a day. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So until next week then. Oh, we sign off. sign off. Not the whisk. Goodbye. Goodbye. Doctor Boyle, so I can see on his left side, he's got the what? What's that mark there?
1: That mark indicates the uh, sudden scourge of God within his whole body. Oh my goodness me! That must have been painful. Yes, he was harassed by terrible pains and torments.
0: Right. And I can see. Sorry, I can see only notice says he fell on his prostate.
1: Yes, he fell straight onto he prostrate on his prostate. Oh uh, yes, it was uh, quite painful.
0: Goodness me. And I can see he looks quite emaciated.
1: Yes, well, as you can see, there's nothing really left of the stomach area. His flesh was dissolved by an invisible and godsend fire. Ah. Yes, I've got some here in a jar. Can you see? Uh, No. Exactly. Oh, it's hot, though. So the the whole appearance of his frame has changed here, as you can see. Oh, my God. Yes, it's a... Resembling a, a tire iron, bizarrely. Yeah, so all that's left really is this <laughs> skeleton of dry bones. It's.
0: Oh my goodness. I, I couldn't I... help but notice it. It reminded me of the tomb of his soul. Gosh, I can see. Oh, yes, you can, you can see it emanating from his left nostril. This clearly must have been when he died, Doctor.
1: Yes, yes, he definitely died at this point. And then, he was more violently consumed with with pain. Uh, As you can see, despite the fact he's clearly melted by this point, his his eyes violently popped and burst forth. Yes. It was at this point, uh, reports are, that he made his confession to the Lord. But... I thought he was. What? Yes, obviously he couldn't speak at this point. He was so dead. Wasted away. He used the charred remained of his finger to just oh. write SOS on the wall. Yes. Anyway, cause of death: excruciating torment. He pronounced sentence of forfeiture against the princess, seized her goods, yeah. removed her attention. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Do that again. I
1: like it